Welcome to another edition of the 1% Better Podcast with your host, Rob O'Donoghue. Hello there and welcome to the final part of the best bits from season three. Delighted to have you along. Last week I put out the first five of this two-part best bits and there's 10 episode clips in total. Feedback has been really good and looking at the numbers of listeners on those episodes, that has certainly had a bump to them over the last week. So thank you for doing that. And just to reiterate, not only listen to those five, but listen to any of the others from season three or two or one, not just the 10 that I selected here because there's so much good stuff in there. Recently, I've been pulling together posts that I sometimes share out. I'm in the habit of kind of putting out an episode a week from the archive now and keeping them in a spreadsheet so it makes more sense to do that and saves time. Sometimes I forget myself some of the interviews that I did in season one and two and some of the stuff that uh, was very interesting in those. So that's always good. So I'll, I'll keep doing reposting those over the course of the next four or five weeks until we get season four underway. But there's lots of good stuff in there and they'll they'll always be there. Uh, I don't uh, remove any of them and put them behind a paywall. Uh, I see that happen sometimes. That is it. So my main reason for, one of the main reasons I do the podcast and one of the you know most important parts of doing it is to learn something myself and share that with others. And I find from doing that over the last few years, I, I could never interview somebody or dive into a topic that I didn't really have an interest in. I just, my moral compass doesn't sit well with that because it's very difficult to kind of pull off an interview with somebody if you're not interested in what they're saying and it'll be sounding very procedural and scripted. And if I've listened to podcasts that go down that route, it can be quite obvious. So all I promise is that in these clips and in all the episodes that there's an authentic genuine interest in what I'm talking to the person about, learning about, and hopefully that comes across in the interviews that you listen to as well. So I just wanted to share that and hopefully it resonates with you. Okay, let's get into the final five clips of season three. And the first one up is the author and psychologist, Barry Schwartz, episode 138. Link of all of these will be in the actual notes as well. He's the author of The Paradox of Choice, a book that I read in 2019 that had been sitting on my shelf for a while. And as soon as I got into the first few pages of it, I was like all in devouring it and learned so much. Barry has millions of views of his TED Talks. He's multiple books out and he's been a psychologist for a number of decades. And I was so lucky to chat with him. I was very surprised that he agreed to do the show. And not only did we record the podcast, we recorded a One Minute Monday as well, which are also on the site. So when I talked with him, I had a, probably the most questions I've ever compiled for an interview and didn't want to kind of go into all of the detail. I'd say he was getting itchy feet at the end, wanting to, to get off to his day. But the things we did talk about were the story behind his book and the lessons he's learned and even how you can apply the paradox of choice to the idea even of Netflix and and other services and products that are out there now. A few of the reasons that we connected so well was just because that whole area of decision-making and choice is something I grapple with and try to get better at. And we talk about his term, satisficer versus maximizer, and think of perfectionist. That's kind of weaved in there as well. 
And in this clip, you'll hear Barry talk about a few reasons why there is a bigger focus now on working in an organization that is focused on purpose and meaning uh, compared to a few years ago. And that is a very interesting conversation. Enjoy this piece with Barry. In a lot of the work I do around coaching um, leaders, emerging leaders, there's a, definitely a m- much more of a focus on meaningful work, work with purpose, purpose-driven organizations, all of that, right? And there's a definitely a part of me that from talking and working with these people, that's what they want. And then obviously on the other side, an organization trying to be authentic around that and make it real is is something that's still a question mark. Maybe talk to me a bit about why do you think that now is is uh, becoming so mainstream and popular? Well, I think there are a few reasons, and all of this is speculation. One reason is that we're living in good times. And I think when you're living in good times, you can start sort of imagining spending your waking life doing something other than putting food on the table. All it takes is a major economic downturn, and all of a sudden it will become true that people are working to get paid. Right. So we are the beneficiaries of this luxury of, and when I say we, I mean mostly, you know, the, the privileged subsets of our societies. So we don't have to worry about where our next meal is coming from. And so instead we worry about what kind of work is more purposeful than what other kind of work. That's a very unstable attitude. You know, it'll go away like this if all of a sudden there's another major economic collapse. So that's one answer. The second answer is I think that women care more than men about doing work that makes a difference. And as women form a larger and larger percentage of the workforce, they demand that their work matter. And if you want to hire talented people, you're going to have to organize your workplace so that these kinds of people will be attracted to it. And that may be permanent. And why it is that women seem to care more about this than men, I don't know. But I think there's reasonable empirical evidence that they do. Uh, So, you know, when half of the people getting law degrees are women, law firms have to think not just about how many billable hours they generate, but in whose service those billable hours are, you know, being uh, accumulated. Are they making the world better or are they making the world worse? And if they're making the world worse, they'll they'll find it hard to hire the people they most want. So that's, I think, the feminization of the workplace has had, has really made a contribution to people's having higher aspirations about, excuse me, what their work life will be like. Next up is a clip from the interview I had with Roseanne Arquette, the Hollywood actress Roseanne Arquette. It's episode 124. And now, Being truthful with this one, it was an interview I did in 2018, part of the 864 podcast series that I put out that year. That was all about episodes 15 minutes or so long and trying to extract lots of insights from my guests during that. Rosanna was one of those and it was a huge honor to talk with her, a huge surprise to get her on the show as well. Another big story, uh, interesting story behind that that I won't share now. But it was really interesting conversation and although the episode was meant to be 15 minutes long it was about 
30 minutes long. I didn't want to stop this one. She was talking about a lot of interesting things, things that I didn't know about going on in the US, and then just things from her own career, and we went deep into lots of book recommendations. But the question I put to her that I'm sharing with you guys now is around gratitude and how to stay in gratitude. And as you'll hear from Rosanna, it's a struggle, and it's something that she fights with every day, but she has uh, an approach that she shared on the podcast. So hopefully you enjoy this little clip from the episode with Rosanna Arquette. Obviously I can see from here in Ireland on Twitter all the time as well, the, the constant barrage of, of uh, news or, or information that's coming out. How do you, how do you stay positive? How do you deal with that negativity out there? So that's a really, <laughs> really important question because what was, what starts to happen is that we're like, we're all in a constant collective consciousness of fear and, and um, negativity, and it's a spiral, and it is an energy, and it's a strong, powerful energy, and it, a vortex that spins you out of control. And I have been brought into actually a huge ang- anxious anxiety depression from it all, mm. and I've had to, like, I have had to really work hard, like, wake up in the morning and be grateful to what I like to consider God, a lot of people don't want to say God, but whatever to me is the highest form of love, which is a, the love energy God to me, mm-hmm. and and just really stay in gratitude, which is like if you're in gratitude, you can't be in fear, and really, you know, even if it's just writing it in front of you, like the gratitude list of what you're grateful for, and even if it's just to be able to open your eyes and breathe and start there, whatever it is that is you're grateful for. And some days feels like, you know, gosh, I, I give up. But um, to be able to just stay in gratitude is really important. Okay, moving from Hollywood to coffee. There's no real link naturally there. But the next episode that I'm sharing a clip with is from a gentleman called Brock Lewin, episode 117 of the season. I thought it was a bit earlier, but maybe not. Brock is the founder of a very successful coffee roasting business in Ireland in Cork called Badger and Dodo. It's a coffee I drink a lot myself and I was lucky enough to sit down with Brock in an in ambient surroundings of a hotel uh, lobby at one point last summer to talk about his journey of setting up a coffee roasters in the middle of the recession in 2008 in Ireland and how business has been ever since obviously now into his 12th year so it's kept going i was very impressed with his insights his experience and his honesty talking about business entrepreneurship lessons learned passion for what you're working on and in this little clip i talked with him about starting in 2008 at the downturn and what he thought about that, how how that made him feel. Was it something that was holding him back? Obviously not. Or what he took from that challenge, I guess, at the time. Maybe the takeaway is good coffee is recession-proof. Have a listen to this one with Brock Lewin. When you set up 10 years ago, or 11 years ago, 2008, we were in the start of our downturn, the, the depression and whatever we want to call it. I don't know if depression is probably too deep of a word, but the recession. Um, was it difficult to get a business started up even? And I suppose, had you, looking back, what were your core skills you used to be an entrepreneur? 
Yeah, good question. Uh, a lot of people thought I was crazy. As I mentioned before, my brother-in-law, who was into property development at the time, he was like, well, you know, things are really slowing down. You're taking a bit of a risk. I, I, and I guess I just did what I did. You know, I was passionate about what I was doing, and that that's what drove me more than anything. Uh, and I guess, you know, knowing that I've got a fresh start, I guess also making a fresh start from Australia coming over here. I, I, I had nothing to tie me down. I didn't have baggage as such. Uh, like in, in some respects that might be seen as a bit of a disadvantage because I don't know who or what's where or how things operate. But in another respect, I was totally free to just drive drive into it and – and I didn't do any door stop door stepping as such, you know. So mm. I think really the the Barista Championships was probably the, the 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 best, and that was a voluntary thing that I did. That was probably the the thing that that got me in there the most, you know. Um, I wasn't really aware of the recession um, other than what you'd hear in in the post in the news. Mm. Um, and, and it turned out that that good coffee was recession proof. Yeah, what was often said was that people would not want to spend their money on a bad cup, or that people wouldn't have much money for luxury goods anymore. But if they were going to spend their few pennies a day, it would be on a good cup of coffee. Mm. And and it, and and it was on that emphasis of a good cup. And you know, we had some core Dublin City customers um, who were putting out properly made cups of coffee that and that's 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 basically how that worked for us now moving from coffee to running and meditation and those two kind of maybe don't naturally go together but in this episode clip that i share you will see that they absolutely do it's with a gentleman called nirbasha mcgee it's episode 133 and it was one of the most fascinating interesting conversations i had at the season talking about running 3100 mile race around a half mile block in new york so it was some probably summertime last year when i stumbled across an article on the bbc website about this 3100 mile race that happens every year it's called a run to self transcendence and as somebody that's very intrigued in self-development and trying to reach more aware states i suppose it drew me in immediately and i did my research and found that some of the participants that completed this uh, were willing to do interviews. And one of them, an Irish guy, Nurbasha McGee, was uh, the lucky guest that I got for this one. I don't know if lucky is the right thing. Nurbasha has been meditating, practicing meditation for a number of years, since his late teens, early 20s. And through his practice, he started to go for short runs, which kind of tied in meditation and running. As you will hear, the meditation and running kind of continued to combine and continued to give great joy and satisfaction and fulfillment to Nurbasha. He's gone on to do a number of marathons and then ultra marathons and then started to do six and 10 day runs, which are kind of tied to this 3,100-mile race, which is an astonishing achievement in, in my book. And certainly in this full episode, there's so much interesting stuff in there. In this little clip, though, we talk about meditation and a process that he uses, or a meditation approach that he uses, that is using this idea of heart-centered meditation. And it is really insightful from what you can hear in this short clip of Nurbasha. Enjoy that and definitely check out the full episode. It's well worth a listen. 
can I ask again for people listening? Was what did your meditation practice involve? Was it on your breath? As you said you're focusing maybe on your heart center. Was it you mm. know maybe just talk me through the the process you would go through for those meditations, even the initial ones and maybe the yeah the further exactly. Ones. No, that's a that's a very very good question. So, um, for example, these heart center meditations. What's actually um, you could say initially, you know, I would start with a technique, you know, of breathing and feeling that my breath was coming from the heart and then exiting from the heart center. Um, I would do concentration exercises um, on a candle and feeling the same thing, that my breath was coming from the, 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 the candle into my heart center and then leaving through the heart center. And one thing I found out, there's a big difference between concentrating in the mind when you're trying to use your mental effort and concentrating in the heart. Um, when you use a, a concentration technique on the heart, the heart has this quality that of oneness, that it actually tries to identify with the thing that it is um, meditating on. So you actually feel a, a tremendous sense of connection and a tremendous sense of unity, not only with the thing you're meditating on, but then that actually naturally grows to expand with the universe. Um, you find yourself coming out of meditation um, with much more goodwill towards people. You, you basically have much more, you could say, love and patience and understanding of people, um, even though they're still the same people with the same faults. But you're much you're, you're much kinder on other people and you're much kinder on yourself. Um, and actually what happens is um, the techniques themselves are really only like uh, I always use the analogy of like a city map. Um, you know, when I first, let's say when I first moved to Iceland, you know, and I live in Reykjavik now, of course, I needed, you know, to look up the map on my phone, you know, to figure out where I was. But then after a couple of weeks, you can actually throw away the city map. And the same with the techniques. So I had to use techniques in the beginning with heart centered meditation. But now actually what happens um, when I sit down to meditate um, through those techniques, you could say I got to know the city, you know, you could say the heart city. And finally, the clip that ends the season is around the area of comedy, the theme of comedy, and it is with a lady, Mesoon Zayed, episode 141. And to be honest, I didn't know much about Mesoon before I was able to chat with her. A connection I have in the US shared her details, and Mesoon doesn't do many podcasts, if any. She's a comedian, an author, a disability advocate, she has cerebral palsy herself and a self-confessed hustler. She's been facing the challenges all her life from the very beginning, from being born with CP. And she was treated, as she grew up, the same as everybody else in her family. So as she went to school, she was never that aware of the disability as anything that would hold her back. We touch on that during the episode. We talk about being a Muslim and an Arab in the US and how difficult that is from overcoming the stigma of being both of those, but also disabilities as well. And we, of course, talk about her new book that is out called Find Another Dream. Misun is an inspirational, larger-than-life character and figure, has a huge following, very well-known in the US. She was in movies. She was in Don't Mess With The Zohan with Adam Sander, and she talks about connecting with Adam on that and finding a great, great person there as well. And in this little clip... I asked her about being a comedian and if she ever bombed on stage. And as she will say herself, using the term bomb with a Muslim isn't probably the best one to use. So have a listen to this little clip 
and I hope you enjoy it and check out the full episode as well. How have you developed a thick skin or, or was that always there if you didn't have a good show, if you bombed? What was the... So uh, I've never bombed and I'm terrified because every comedian fails at some point and I haven't failed yet. By the way, I try not to use bomb because I'm Muslim and not saying, yeah, everyone in trouble. Bad, bad word um, there, sorry. Yeah, bad word. I mean, you should know this from your people too. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, could, I'll, I'll be able to edit that out and put in a different so, word. I'll just uh, say fail, but I haven't failed yet. And so every single night I go on stage and I have that little trepidation of, is tonight the night I fail? And I teach my students, nobody bats a thousand. But if you can get half of the room to laugh, the other half doesn't matter. The laughing people drown it out. So you're never going to get the whole room to laugh. But I've never had a an event where people just stared at me so there we have it there's the 10 the five from this week five from last week stuff for you to definitely check out the full episodes if they whetted your appetite and as i said the links are in the show notes or just go on to the the website or any of the podcast apps i gave you the episode numbers you'll find them that way too so reflecting back the season is over looking back at my own goals for the season Definitely the season went longer, more episodes than I had expected and learned an awful lot more than I had probably bargained for during the course of the year. Goals that I didn't actually have or things that I didn't plan to do, like doing podcast workshops, was one of the best learnings and experiences from the season gone by or the year gone by, doing one-to-one sessions on how to set up a podcast, why to do it, giving tips and tricks that I've learned along the way, my own uh, during the year, the house renovation was done and I was able to set up my studio more. Bit by bit, it's getting better. So that is another bonus. The live shows, I did a couple during the year, but guys, this year is what I would love to do more of is kind of live shows with an audience. So if anyone's listening in Cork or in Ireland that have a venue, that's all I really need is a venue. I can find a guest or you can help me find a guest and we could do some free live shows uh, that would be really cool interviews with people who have a story to tell that are leaders in their own right and talk about 1% better improvements. So there's an open invite, rob at robofthegreen.ie if you want to come back to me on it. Another thing I didn't expect happened during the year, I signed up to a daily uh, chart email that polls different charts across the globe. And at one point in maybe December, January, started the new year, maybe it was a good thing, we as in the podcast, reached number one on the charts in Zimbabwe. So to those folks in Zimbabwe, if you're still listening, thank you for that. That was a an interesting highlight for the season, one that wasn't expected, but kind of funny and kind of cool as well. Another thing that I got to do was talk about the podcast, talk about my own journey, talk about coaching and leadership on other people's podcasts. And that is a big honor. I love getting the opportunity to be answering questions rather than asking them although both are great fun so that was pretty cool and hopefully more of that will come and this season ahead definitely new things coming try something different as always push myself a little bit further outside the comfort zone and stick with obviously what's working well in the little off season that we'll have i have a few episodes of the 864 that never got re-released after that first kind of season so i might put them out just to keep things ticking along with content coming your way and you might be familiar or aware of the one percent better slack community that i set up middle of last year 
where we have monthly challenges and we try to hold each other accountable, share our updates for January. I did the 5K a day and I share that every day and people are actively sharing what they're doing on a day-to-day basis and it's working well for some. Some lose motivation, that's okay. It's, there's nothing uh, wrong with that. It's always there for people to come back to. And one of the things I've asked some of the members of that to do on their own journeys, what what have they taken on in the last while? What actions have they taken or what approaches or tools are they using that have made them 1% better? So if I get enough of the audio clips back from the guys there, I might put together a little episode for that. And of course, the community is open for for everybody to join. If you're interested, if you just want to dip in and see what's going on, I will share a link for that as well. I must make a note of that. Look, I will leave it at that. I think I could ramble on for too much longer and you're probably sick listening to me. Thanks to the tens of thousands that listened to the podcast in the last 12 months. Delighted that so many people are getting something from it. That's the whole purpose of it. And it is very rewarding to know that that's happening so there you go again call out live shows open for them dublin cork galway zimbabwe maybe or wherever but uh that would be fun and keep checking the website for updates uh hopefully have a new look and feel to the website in the near future and of course sign to the newsletter and share out any episodes you enjoy with your social network that's always a nice thing to do and a nice way to leave it thanks for listening have a great day week night or whenever it is and good luck